Hello, and welcome to An Alternative Approach, a podcast for misfits, outcasts, and people that march to the beat of their own drum. I'm your host, Julia Christine, and here with me today is Callie Logan. Hi, Callie. Hello. I am so glad to have you on our show. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. Um, Callie, would you mind just giving us a little bit of your background and kind of like what you do? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, So I am an author. I have one book that is already released and one that's coming out in June. I'm also a senior writer for Crosswalk.com and Christianity.com. And um, in my spare time, I'm actually a school teacher as well. <laughs> so I teach U.S. history I have for six years now. So can you give me an idea of kind of like what your everyday looks like, your day-to-day? Yeah, it's kind of different. So I usually get up, I have my coffee. That's a really sacred time for me. Um, My coffee time is genuinely spent in um, prayer and just kind of setting myself ready for the day. Um, Then I usually teach classes um, until around 1, 1 1.30 p.m. And then I get right to it with things that I have for writing or anything we have um, looking like for that and just kind of collecting myself uh, for the rest of the day there. And and sometimes sneaking in movies and stuff like that in my spare time or some good books. Do you have a odd question? Do you have a regular time that you wake up and go to bed? I, I know the correct answer should be yes. <laughs> Um, but the answer is no. Uh, bedtime usually ranges from anywhere between 11 and 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I do, the only regular part of my schedule is every night at 4 a.m. I wake up on the nose, <laughs> wide awake, and I'm awake for about 10, 15 minutes. But um, I usually do try to get up early. Um, when I can, I do enjoy sunrises. But yeah, it kind of varies on the wake up time. But of course, I have to be up and ready for teaching too. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into our other questions. So what are some of the areas that you struggled with when you were younger that you have found have really helped you kind of in life, in business, as you've been growing as an author or even with your students? I think a big thing was finding my style, actually, was a big thing. Um, When I was in middle school, I had a hard time figuring out what my look was. Um, I was a little bit more on the chunky side. And when I went into high school, I lost a massive amount of weight in a short amount of time. And I had just hanging clothes and we didn't have a lot of money. And so never was one to shop, you know, name brands or anything. It was always the clearance rack, but it took a long time to figure out what my style was because there were those around me that I was trying to dress cool to look like them on a budget. And in high school, I was pretty bullied, so even in in my attempts, that wasn't really appreciated. And then, you know, I moved into college, and I I tried, kept trying to chase after those trends, but I never felt comfortable in my style. But as an adult, especially the past five years, I've really been able to hone in on what makes me feel comfortable and what makes me feel like the N-word is showing outwardly with style. So that's been a gift. So where in your struggles, say, like, in your, in being bullied or in that you know you said that there was a major image shift after the weight loss and that sort of thing where in that struggle have you found really impacted the style that you now pursue I I think that you know in the struggle with bullying you know there was a big I was kind of an outsider well I was very much an outsider and so even in my attempts to look like other people it's still 
I still inherently had my own stylistic choices on things that didn't fit the mainstream. It didn't fit the norm. It was alternative in itself. Um, and it took several years before I actually just let that be free and embraced it more. So the things that did make me different or my stylistic choices that made me different, that then I could step in with confidence and say, no, this is my style. And if you don't like it, then that's really okay. Cause I like it and that's what matters. Awesome. Thank you. That's, and thank you for being open and vulnerable with me and sharing that. Yeah, happy to. Um, then will you share with us a point in your life where you had an opportunity to take a conventional approach? And then why didn't you? So I think that would have been the job I had after college. Um, so for two years after college, I worked for Apple, actually. I started... Uh, I went in with the ambition to become a, what they call a creative, which you actually go for training for an extended period of time. You learn how to use different softwares that Apple owns, such as GarageBand, iPhoto, things like that, and teach. But they stuck me in the sales zone instead, which for an introvert who's also very shy, that was... <laughs> very draining. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I was thrown in and I tried my best and I knew I was put there for a purpose and for a reason. And there was something in there to grow me. And so I was in that for, you know, a couple of years. And then I had the opportunity actually to step up into the next step, which would have been um, a genius bar check. And I actually went through all of the training for that. And then I felt this nudge and this pull to actually leave Apple which was crazy because you would think, oh, you were part of one of the biggest corporations in the world, not just America, um, good benefits, all those things. Why don't you just ride it out, keep going and climb that ladder, end up in Cupertino. But I didn't. I actually had this this pull that I should quit and I actually did. I, I took the leap and I did. And inevitably I actually ended up teaching and that's what I was called to do next, which ended up being quite the adventure to get there but I never looked back and I'm so grateful that I had the time that I did at Apple but I'm really grateful I didn't go the conventional way and that I'm not still there I still love Apple but I'm glad I left what do you think would have happened had you stayed there it's hard to say I think I probably would be working as a creative now in store or um I mean I think every Apple employee is like daydream is that you know they've ended up working one infinite loop in cupertino um you know even eating at the apple cafe and everything every day for lunch but um i more than likely just probability i probably would still be at the mall of america apple store uh, <laughs> working and teaching people you know the elderly how to use iphoto so do you think do you think you would have been happy there do you think that would have really suited kind of what you now recognize as your strength I think I would be living in a place of unrest with regret Ooh. that I had not. <laughs> and I, I think unrest with regret would have eaten me alive. That's, I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer. So in that kind of just to bring it around, it's like going through being, recognizing yourself as, and more alternative person mm -hmm. as an alternative approach and following that pathway had you stayed had you stayed in the conventional approach unrest with regret Oosh. Oosh. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my last question for you is what do you wish more people understood about 
being an author? Man, um, I would say that it's a very vulnerable process. Um, I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, you just, you write, that would be great. You know, you just sit down. I can write a book. I can write a book. And, and you know, I, I don't want to limit and say, like, there's that answer of, like, well, everybody can do anything. Um, I think some people are called to do things, and they have more of a skill set to do things than others. But especially in writing, you have to be willing to be vulnerable, and you have to be willing to be mad. <laughs> And explain, wait, explain that one a little bit for, <laughs> further. Why do you have to be mad to write a book? <laughs> you have to be willing to let yourself be unhinged. <laughs> you do. You do. You have to be willing to open that gate and to step out of that comfort box that you yourself would deem sanity <laughs> and be willing to write what is authentic, what's real, what hurts, what you're afraid of. And you have to try and you have to be willing that you might fail. It might come, you might read it again and think, this is the biggest piece of garbage I've ever read in my life, but I'm going to pick it up again and I'm going to edit it again and I'm going to try it again. And I think you just, you have to have that willingness to be vulnerable and go for it and just unhinge yourself because you might actually find the most beautiful thing. You might find something healing in the process. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't think people really get that. I think they just think you sit down like a monkey with a computer typing um, and like, oh, look what I made. And, and that's, it's, that's not always it. And I think the other half of it is you have to be, you have to live it because if you're going to write about it, you have to live it. And that sometimes is actually even harder than writing about it. That, I love that. Thank you. That is a good warning for anybody that wants to try to <laughs> run now as fast as you can. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much for coming on and answering my incredibly nosy questions. Uh, <laughs> You're always happy to, oh, but you have to be an open book too. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Bad puns. laughs> Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know of before we sign off? Um, I think this is your chance for a plug. <laughs> I think do the courageous thing. Um, I think if you feel a nudge that you should do something and you've confirmed it correctly in your spirit and everything else and it's legal, you know, um, I think run for it and, and try it because I think having that deep regret will eat you alive. Um, so I would say that. And then, of course, I got to do, you know, the promo plug um, that you can definitely check me out on CallieLogan.com. I have bi-monthly blogs that I have been loving sharing with. Um, and then I also have my new book coming out June 1st, 2023, which this will actually be the place where I announce the title. It has not been shared anywhere. Um, and I will officially announce it today. Uh, it's called Dear Future Husband. And that book definitely drove me mad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> well, Callie, thank you so much. I am super stoked to read Dear Future Husband when it arrives. And uh, hopefully we'll see you as you continue to skyrocket on your author process and journey. Hopefully none, none of the snapped, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This has been an alternative approach with me, your host, Julia Christine. Tune in next time for more actionable tips on building your environment and looking at the people that have gone before you in an alternative approach to build in life and business. Thank you.